BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Let's ride. for the words that are recited before each and every game here at Dodger Stadium. Take it away, Finn. It's time for Dodger Baseball. What's going on, Dodgers fans? Hope you're doing well out there. It is National League Division Series time with your Los Angeles Dodgers. We now know who they are going to face in the NLDS. They will be hosting the 89 and 73 San Diego Padres, pulling up a three-game wildcard victory over the New York Mets. The New York Mets had 101 wins, and they had one of the biggest choke jobs in MLB history. I'll be the first to say I gave them too much credit. So let's get down to business. Your Dodgers are hosting the Padres in a best-of-five game series. This season, the Dodgers played the Padres 19 times. They won 14 and five in 2022, and they outscored the Padres 109 to 47. The Padres have announced Mike Clevenger as their game one starter. And as we're recording Sunday evening, we do not officially know who's starting for the Dodgers. They will probably announce that Monday by the time you're listening to this, but I'm going to go with the assumption it's Julio Urias. So we'll dive into the stats in just a second, but David Rosenthal, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. Uh, this was my prediction. I think I said Padres in two last week. So they, they did, the Mets did manage to get a game, but I've been prepared for this since pretty much the bracket was announced. I, I think what happened with the Mets besides them just being colossal chokers as an organization and Scherzer shitting his pants in game one is this is the result of what happened with the Dodgers and giants last year, a long, arduous 162 game division race. And I think it caught up to the Mets. And frankly, it wouldn't shock me to see the same thing happen to the Braves against the Phillies, but that's not important right now. But we are seeing a familiar foe. They have not won a series against us since I believe May of 2021, I want to say, something like that. And yes, I I see a lot of people kind of worried about it because yes, the Padres do look a lot better uh, than they did the last time they saw the Dodgers. They do look, they do have that hot team energy, but that sounded not how I meant it. You know what I'm saying though? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you start, you start now. They're, they're, they're coming in hot. Bracket they over are there. coming in hot. No bracket here for me. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and turn it over to Jake. All right. It started out great. Yeah. Um, so I, I really agree with your take uh, on the Mets just kind of running out of gas, just like the Dodgers did last year. 
Um, yeah, their their offense just just went to sleep, and the Padres are a result of what happens when you catch fire at the right time. I mean, I felt like the Padres kind of had a nice little ramp up to the postseason, so they're kind of in that mode. Um, I didn't expect Trent Grisham to become God on the field. Um, hope that stops, but um, maybe maybe not. I th- I I also thought that the um, I thought that the Mets were going to win that series, but. Now that we know that the Padres, I wanted the Padres to win. I knew I expected the Mets to win, but I wanted the Padres just because of how we've played them this year. We've matched up really well against them and we've, you know, kind of beaten their best pitchers at times. So I'm intrigued, but I think it's easy to kind of, you know, start freaking out, you know, because of past playoff trauma. Um, but we can get into that a little later. Yeah, I for sure thought it would be the Mets or the Braves, but even maybe the Phillies who also beat the Dodgers this regular season. But as a Dodgers fan, getting the Padres in round one is basically a best case scenario. We already talked about, they've had their number all season long. They've had their number since they were born for that matter. And if you don't have faith in this 111 win Dodger team to take out the Padres, they just hop off the wagon right now. Cause don't waste your time. I agree. The Dodgers have proven all season long that they are the better team. So they're facing Mike Clevenger, who 7-7 seven and seven record, 433 ERA, but he's made two or three starts against the Dodgers this season, has a 969 ERA. He's given up five home runs over 13 innings, so it's, it's two starts. No, it's three starts because they've shelled him. And the Dodgers have a 947 OPS. Another fun tidbit on Mike Clevenger, if you make him work the count, his pitches 51 through 100 opponents have an OPS of 850. That's what I averaged out. And most of his pitches, he throws basically everything and does his little happy feet shuffle on the mound. His only real effective pitch is the changeup, and he'll only throw that to lefties. Why do you think Bob Melvin is going with a guy with a 9 ERA versus the Dodgers? Because who do they have left? Are you going to throw Darvish on short rest? Yeah, they have nobody left. You're not going Shaw Mania. He was even worse. Arguably. Yeah, you can't. You, Clevenger, you, you got to go Clevenger over Mania. <laughs> I would you go. go bull, I would go bullpen game before I throw a, one of those they, guys at like, us. You, you, you they can't. Did the, they made that mistake accidentally two years ago in yep. 2020, and they were not able to recover after Mike Clevenger, who actually started game one, what one inning. Well, that wasn't supposed to be a bullpen game, was it? Yeah, but Kevin's point is that's it ended up being a bullpen game and it cost them the rest of the series. Well, because yeah, because if, you, was if you're not planning, if you're not planning on doing a bullpen game, of course it's gonna kind of throw you off and you don't really have a plan for that. But if you're planning on having a bullpen game or kind of making Nick Martinez your long man, like I, I don't know. I just think it's it's if the Dodgers were doing that, I'd be very concerned. All right, well, I do have some stats here for Clevenger I want to get into. So, good news for Dodgers. Good news for Dodgers fans. On the road, Clevenger has a 546 ERA with a, a holding opponents to a 255 batting average in 13 starts on the road. Again, at home, compared to at home, with where he has a 288 ERA with a 204 batting average in nine starts. Better news, well, relatively better news in terms of where I'm going with this is Versus left hand, he's a reverse splits guy. Versus left-handed hitters, uh, hitters are hitting 211 with a 698 OPS, uh, 16, 13 home runs, and 56 strikeouts. 
whereas against right-handed hitters, hitters are hitting 257 with a 735 OPS, 35 strikeouts, and seven home runs. So where I'm going with this, Trace Thompson, also a reverse splits guy, two for five with a home run against Clevenger, where Joey Gallo is one for 12. You have to start Trace Thompson, bottom line. Oh, hundred yes. percent. I, I don't, I don't think that you can afford to start anybody else. I think he's earned that right and he should be in the lineup. And I, you know, I, I do we want to get into what we think the lineup is going to be against him? I, I don't know how Chris Taylor does against Clevenger, but I, I think Trace Thompson gets the edge. Yeah. And I think uh, Lux would start at second base and you'd have Will Smith at catcher. So that means that, either Muncie or JT at third, and then the other one's the DH. Yeah, that's what the lineup has to be. Yeah. Period. So, Dodger fans, you're looking to get some tickets to the National League Division Series, and you want to pay no fees on your tickets? Well, use the show sponsor, TickPick. Go to TickPick.com or download the mobile app, TickPick, of course, and use the promo code INCLINE, all caps, to save $10 off your next purchase of $49 or more. I'm out here recording live from Denver, Colorado. Just saw a show at the Red Rocks Amphitheater. Highly recommend. Incubus absolutely killed it tonight. So you go to a concert, you go to a Broadway event, you go to a sporting event, and of course, the Dodgers. Use TickPick, save some money, no fees on your tickets. Go Dodgers. Yep, I don't think there will be any surprises in game one. On the flip side, Julio Urias, he threw 24 innings against the Padres this season. And he went 3-0 with a 150 ERA. Looks like he held the Padres to a 181 batting average and a 558 on-base plus slugging. So the stats speak, speak for themselves. You got to go Julio in game one. He's had their number all season long. And the Padres, outside of Juan Soto, I don't think they really have anyone who can hit lefties. You mentioned Trent Grissom, who went off in that Mets wildcard game. Homered off Scherzer and DeGrom. Well, they're both, they're both right-handed pitchers. And the Dodgers are going to throw nothing but lefties, which I think is going to neutralize Grissom, I hope. Yeah, the one guy Julio Arias has to worry about is Machado. I mean, Machado has had Arias's number all season long. That's it. That's the one guy in that lineup who's been able to do pretty much any damage against uh, Arias. But also, Manny Machado tends to not be a clutch player in the playoffs, as we've seen. So interested to see how that one plays out. But Julio knows he's got to, he's got to put him away. Yeah, this season, Manny Machado ended up finishing hitting 252 against the Dodgers with an 802 on base plus slugging, four home runs. But he also had 28 strikeouts against the Dodgers, which equated to 42% of his at bats ended in a strikeout. And you mentioned he's not clutch. Inning seven through nine, he's a 199 hitter. Yeah, that's atrocious for a guy you're paying $300 million. But, other, I mean, Machado is is 10 for 27 against Arias lifetime with four home runs. So that's a 1,200 OPS. Yeah, you just can't let him beat you. Just got to pitch around him when appropriate and get the other guys. Yeah. If he's the only if he's the only threat against you. Yeah, I mean, the I, rest look, of the lineup is, is awful, like truly awful. Even with those Machado stats, everybody on the Padres roster combined is hitting 169 with a 555 OPS. That's including Machado's 10 for uh, – 27. I, I, I feel like if you look, go through every category, pitching, offense, defense, whatever, 
you'll find that the Dodgers have the significant edge over the Padres in every category. The thing that I'm that I'm worried about is just the postseason. You know, it's a lot different, and I just you know what I'm just going to caution myself because you know past playoff traumas they don't go away. You still remember them. So for me, I'm cautiously optimistic, even though. I am confident that the Dodgers will win. I, I I really do believe that, but I'm cautiously optimistic because you just you just never know. I mean, the Mets thought they were going to cruise, and they struggled the whole time. That that Degrom strategy was the kiss of death for them, in my opinion. Yeah, I think that's I think that was absolutely bulletin board material for San Diego, saying that what they don't think they're not even going to use him against us because that's what they think of us, right? That, that was the kiss of death. And I'll tell you another thing. Buck Showalter threw that game in the trash in the seventh inning when he didn't bring in Edwin Diaz uh, when it was a 4-0 game. Obviously, it didn't end up mattering. But when you have, what are you, what are you saving him for? There's no tomorrow. Like, I, I could not believe that. It's another Zach Britton moment. Yeah, and it's not like Michael Givens had been good for the Mets either. He, was, he has not been good. No, he hasn't. So none of that. I hope Dave doesn't pull any of that. You know, if, if we're fighting for our lives, you bring in Evan Phillips, you bring in Vestia, you bring in Chris Martin, whatever inning it is. Dave um, Roberts has done clearly. that though. In, in 2020, to give him credit, he did do, he he brought in like Trinan in the fourth inning or yeah. something like that. So yeah. he he's capable of doing that. Yeah. Speaking of Trinan, who knows if he's going to be on the roster? We haven't heard a peep about that. They sound cautiously optimistic, although... I kind of remember, was it was the Padres that Ferguson opened up against? Didn't he strike out the side in order? Sounds right. So, thought about it, but then again, they really only have three lefties that I would consider threats. One of them being Juan Soto, who ended up finishing hitting 172 against the Dodgers this season. Zero home runs, three RBIs. So, let's not let him get his first home run against us in the postseason. Jake Cronenworth, who was an all-star the most quiet 88 RBIs ever I've ever seen out of a player ended up finishing hitting 176 against the Dodgers with a 488 OPS. He was uh, over the series in the wild card round. University of Michigan, Jake Cronenworth. Over the series, Jake Cronenworth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, since we can all assume that it's going to be Julio, um, we will find out tomorrow because the game one starter is scheduled to go before the press after Dave Roberts tomorrow afternoon, I believe. Yeah, so yeah. we will find out tomorrow the worst meaning kept Monday. ever. Yeah, we will find out Monday. That sets up Kershaw Darvish for game two, though. It Which does. would be electric. We- I, I, th- I think this series is going to be is going to be electric because the last time these two teams met, there were no fans. Um, and it was in Texas. And so this is going to be the first playoff series that we've seen with this, with these two iterations of the Dodgers and Padres. And it's, it's going to be exciting. Also, you know, that what the, the bull, the bull crap that they're trying to pull in San Diego by not allowing Dodgers fans or whatever the case is to buy tickets or something like that. Yeah. You know, you know, that's going to just, fan the flames of Dodgers fans to try to make it in there. Yeah, we should read that. I'll, I'll pull that up and we'll read it. Yeah, we should get that it. right because the way I explained it was just awful. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, though. Carry on. I'll find it. 
I just think I that, just, that I just didn't okay. Know. I'm sorry. Never mind. I found it. Good. Go. Yeah. Okay. So this is from Padres season tickets or whatever. So it goes Padres postseason ticket sales to verified fans, Padres insiders, and the public will be limited to the following counties and areas. And it lists a bunch of counties in the San Diego area. So San Diego County, Baja, California, Laguna Niguel, and so on and so on. Orders by residents outside geo-limited areas is what they're calling it, will be canceled without notice and refunds given. Cowards. Well, I just, that, all I have to say is cowards. You don't want to see your stadium filled up with Dodger blue, which, by the way, it still will be because Dodgers fans who want to go will find a way to go, period. So not only is this a bad optic, it's not even going to work. There's just a lot of Dodgers fans that live in San Diego in general anyways. Yeah. So that's relevant. Ultimately, they'll, they'll do what they can. I feel like I remember the Diamondbacks owner at one point tried to ban Dodgers gear from Chase Field, and that never panned out either. I think that was like 2017 when the, the D-backs were relevant for one year. What is this, well, communist, all you got to communist China, Arizona. All you got to do to get Dodgers gear is go to Oracle Park. Yeah, <laughs> the rogue, the rogue in quotations vendor. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel really good about this series, three or four games max. I mean, I'm just looking at our hitters, and they ha- these guys had a lot of success, especially the big three or big four. Freddie Freeman hit 343 against the Padres, 986 OPS, four home runs, 17 RBIs. Mookie Betts finished with a 361 batting average, a 1,179 OPS, three home runs. Will Smith had five home runs and 12 RBIs, 923 OPS. And Trey Turner was a 317 hitter, which was above his batting average as well. And I know Max Muncy took some of the Padres deep. And Clevenger. Yes, exactly. He took Clevenger deep. Um, I mean, Austin Barnes won't play much, but he had some success against the Padres. Gavin Lux earlier in the year did well against the Padres. He made them work the count. So one through nine, I feel pretty confident in our bats. Now, obviously, some of these guys seem to just tuck away and disappear in the postseason. But if this team is going to go through a similar 2020 run, I remember most of the team coming through. So why not have the same optimism optimism this time around? I'm glad you brought up that point of the some of those players that kind of disappear in the postseason. This is going to be a huge test for Trey Turner. Can he, can he handle it? Can he carry the offense when we need it to? Because you know that he's going to come up in big spots. And we saw kind of towards the end of the end of the year, although there were a few games that he kind of went off, but towards the end of the year, he was chasing a lot outside the zone. So that's going to be something I'm going to be looking for is to see how he handles the strike zone. And if he's coming through in those big spots. Yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and declare game one as a must win for the Dodgers. Uh, you just have every advantage in this game. You're at home. You're at uh, facing a pitcher who you have tremendous success with. I mean, Betts is seven for 14. Trey is four for 10. Smith is four for seven with two home runs. Muncie, two for six with a home run. Trace, two for five with a home run. And Fred, one for seven with a home run. So you're, you you got to win this game. You got your ace on the mound. You got a scrub. You're facing a scrub who has a nine ERA against you this season who's bad on the road, you have to win this game. It's it's absolutely a must-win game, in my opinion. Uh, you know, you can come back and win game two if you lose game one, but you got to win game one. You just got to go out and execute. The Dodgers are, like Jake said, Dodgers are far and away better in 
every single area against the Padres. But none of that shit matters if you don't execute. So you got to go out there early on. I want to see the first three innings. I want Clevenger's pitch count to be 60, 70 plus after three innings, period. Get into this bullpen, tire them out, and score a couple runs off Clevenger, and then coast to victory. Get six innings from Arias, hand it off to Phillips, Vessia, and, and Martin, and call it a day. Sounds like the formula to success. I mean, the Padres' bullpen sitting up league average. It's 383. They got, obviously, Josh Hader as their closer, who has turned the corner the last month. Nick Martinez is essentially their utility guy. And then... Suarez is a problem. Suarez is the 101. I think he can throw a 101. Yeah. Yeah. Where did that guy come from? Because I don't remember him. He kind of just put it together recently. That dude throws easy gas, like fucking Bruce Star Gratterall. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the two guys you got to worry about. Everybody else in that bullpen is more than hittable. Yeah. I think Craig Stammen is injured or in the minors. So I don't think we'll be seeing Damn it. Him. They got they got a couple other Craig Stammons we can get to. Pierce Johnson is is the Craig Stammon in waiting. How about Morahone? That was that was the outing against the Mets in game two is up there for worst outings of all time. It was bad. You you, you got no outs, you gave up runs, and you took 45 minutes to do it. <laughs> you threw 30 pitches for what? You did nothing. Yep. That was pretty, that was an, those, those are, that was an empty inning for him. I mean, I would like to hear a case for someone else's worse outing than that. I mean, maybe based off the money they paid a Max Scherzer. Cause my God, I don't think I've ever seen a worse start from a starting pitcher ever in a postseason game. You know, and everybody, and everybody, he lost them the series. Yeah, he did. He did. He, he did right out of the gate. And yeah. like, I don't know. There was this weird thing. I know we've kind of, had it his whole career with Mad Max, but for some reason they kind of ramped it up and they're like showing him doing psycho things in the dugout in the, in the bullpen, getting ready for the start. And everyone's like, Oh my God, this is why you bring this guy in. This is, these are the big moments. The two times that the Mets needed Scherzer, he, he shit the bed. The, 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 the one before was against the Braves when they, when they need, they did the only thing that they couldn't have done was get swept. And that's what they did. Yep. And he was one of those losses. So boy, did the same thing to the Mets that he did to the Dodgers, only the Dodgers didn't have to pay him that much. It all goes back to the DeGrom strategy. Not using him in game one was the absolute kiss of death for them, period. You go with your period. horse. You go with your best. If, you if he's healthy, you go with your horse. You can't plan for the next series. You just can't do it. It always, and it always comes back to bite And they you. deserve to lose because of it. Not only did they play like shit, they deserve to lose for having that coward mentality. Send your best guy out there. Figure out the rest later. Well, that's what's weird because leading up to that point, Max Scherzer was their best guy. And, you know, I mean, how can you foresee him giving up seven runs and four home runs? Yeah. It, it was a disaster. Yeah. They but needed I, more out of him. But the decision was DeGrom, and we and we all said that. It wasn't a Monday morning quarterbacking thing. We all said it before that it was yeah. a bad idea. It doesn't matter you pay Max Scherzer $42 million. Jacob DeGrom's arguably the best pitcher in baseball, and no one's going to tell you Scherzer is better than DeGrom. So you got to go with that guy. Eh, it's pretty close. I, I feel like people are touting up DeGrom a slight, much, a slight bit much. Bro, he won the only game that they won in that series. Yeah. I know, but he pitched game two, which is basically fine. It's not a best of one. It's a best of three. 
Scherzer has won a World Series. He was in the postseason last year, and he's had success against the Padres a lot in his career, but it doesn't matter now. It backfired. Yeah. And then Chris Bassett. Also, what did we think of the gamesmanship with Buck Showalter checking on? Loved it. Musgrove. Absolutely loved it. Dude. That was wild. I mean, it completely and totally backfired, but I, I loved it. <laughs> and you know? the umpires just caressing his ear, both of them. I was like, oh my God, what's going on? Yeah. And then you got Andrew McCutcheon, you know, putting his tinfoil hat on saying it's icy hot, which is possible but man did that backfire that just completely energized musgrove even more he completely alpha buck showalter that is by far the biggest alpha i've seen probably this season so well, my, my, my yeah. I, I give a lot of respect to musgrove for that i mean don't he he cheated and he's well, gonna he cheated in 2017 yeah but tonight he obviously didn't cheat so did you see the pictures of his ear it was like full of white stuff well, I mean, the umpires checked it, so... Well, because you know. that what happened was it's not very hard for someone to just wipe it off their face real quick, and that's exactly what the video caught Musgrove doing. So if he pulls that shit against the Dodgers, I will... It's probably going to be in Petco. He might be their game three, game four starter. We'll talk about that maybe in the next episode because we're kind of just focused on game one and two here. I will march down to Petco, and I will punch him in the face. <laughs> and that'll be the end of you. Um, well, I, I think, you know, I mean, he could have had something on it, but I, I mean, McCutcheon, I feel like is, is on the right track there. I, I think it was, you know, obviously it was something, but look, obviously it if, wasn't sticky. What if it worked? You know, they weren't hitting Musgrove anyway. If he goes out there and says that he's has substance or whatever, and they check him and he actually does and gets tossed. Well, then you've just gotten the guy out of the game and now you have maybe a chance. So I think it was a desperation move from him. It was, but if you look at his numbers, his velocity was up over two miles an hour from his league, from his season average and, and the spin rate and the spin rate was up significantly as well. So yes, that could be attributed to adrenaline in terms of a velocity. And if your velocity is higher, your spin rate's probably going to be higher as well. So I'm giving him a pass here, but we're watching you thin ice buddy. Yeah. I am not giving him a pass because like I said, the evidence was clear. He'd been struggling leading up to that start. And now all of a sudden he's an ace. I don't buy it. So, but he's we'll been, he's been good. Know, he's before. been really, he's been killing it. The last five starts. He's only given up one run his last five starts. Really? I yeah. thought that, I thought the Dodgers got to him. I don't think that was his last five starts. They didn't play recently. But, did they? Oh, they, no, they definitely did. All right. We'll put a pin in that. I'll, I'll look <laughs> it up. But I thought I heard the broadcast say one earned run in five is last five. I'm not sure. Um, but yes, I think we've covered pretty much everything. Uh, game two, we do have, a, I believe it will be you, Darvish. He was the September pitcher of the month. Uh, he, he, did, he, pit, uh, he pitched pretty well against the Dodgers overall this season. Ended up finishing one and two, 252 ERA, 31 strikeouts, over 25 innings pitched. And Clayton Kershaw, the presumed game two starter, went one and zero against San Diego in two starts, 12 innings, and 075 ERA. So... That should be a pitcher's duel right there. Yeah, I, I like that Kershaw is going to be able to pitch at home. Uh, I think that's going to play to his advantage, and I think Darvish pitching at Dodger Stadium is going to be a severe challenge for him, uh, given what happened in 2017 and just the demons he's had there. I think 
you know, that, that could very well be a factor for him. And you know, the Dodgers fans are not going to give him an easy time, nor should they. Uh, but you know, I, I think the Dodgers have a real chance to come out of this first two games, two and oh, uh, if the bats execute, I've said it three episodes, three episodes in a row now, five runs will get you the win. I'm trusting Julio Arias and Kershaw in the bullpen to hold the Padres under five runs. So if you can get five runs, you're going to win the game. I'm taking that to the bank, put up five, go, go to San Diego up to zero and you're not going to lose three in a row. You're just not going to do it. I think the Dodgers need to win either one or two games before Snell. That's a must because Snell, for whatever reason has, he has their number and that's that's the guy that you that you don't want to be faced faced when if you have your back against the wall. Yeah, so, so now it's gonna be I agree with you that this first game is a must win given the circumstances that you laid out. Snell is gonna be the game three starter. Yeah, it's gonna be Snell to Bob Anderson. According to my, Bob Nagel, it's Musgrove. I don't know how he came up with that. Well, Musgrove would be pitching on three days rest if he pitches on Thursday. Or game three is on Friday, right? Is there one day for travel? Yeah. Okay. So that would be four days rest for Musgrove. Wilson, you sent the game winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grimly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. So to your point, Musgrove gave up one earned run over his last four starts, but the two previous starts, he gave up eight runs. Okay, so including tonight, it was one earned run in his last five. Yeah, including tonight. Yep, that is correct. The more you know. Uh, Yeah, but like I said, I think, that pretty much is going to cover the first two games. We'll probably go live either after game one or game two and kind of wrap up what's happened and talk about the second half of the series. Um, Any predictions you guys want to throw out there real quick? What player do you think makes the biggest impact in one of these first two games at Dodger stadium? I think it's going to be, well, like I said, I hope it's Trey Turner, but I, I think it's going to be Freddie Freeman. I think that he, he is he is going to be that consistent October bat that we've been seeking and that we've been longing for, for quite some time. And uh, I, I just, I've loved everything about him, his personality. I mean, except for those few days in Atlanta, that was a bit much, but other than that, he's been (laughs) an absolute, just a joy to watch all season long. And just the way he goes about it, the way he wants to play, the way he doesn't want a day off, like, that you gotta love that shit. That that that's that that's the type of athlete you want on your team. So um, I, I really think Freddie is gonna is gonna show up. I'm gonna say Mookie Betts. Uh, I think 
he's going to have a really good postseason. Uh, like I said, he has tremendous success against Clevenger, seven for 14. And Darvish, five for 26, not the best, 192 average, 673 OPS. But I think he's going to he's gonna get on base a lot in these first two games. And I think he's going to set the table for Trey, uh, Fred, and Will. And I think he's going to be solid in the outfield as well. I think he has, I'm going to, I'm going to call a shot here. I'm going to say Mookie Betts has an outfield assist in one of the first two games. Love it. Book it. Yep. Those would be my two guys as well. I think Mookie Betts will have a leadoff home run in one of those two games. I think Freddie Freeman will have a multi RBI performance in one of those two games. And I think Justin Turner will have a big hit in one of those two games as well. Uh, pitching wise, I expect some big things out of the Dodgers bullpen. I think Evan Phillips will make a statement and get more national recognition, probably in a high leverage situation where he'll strike out at least two of the big three Padres, thus being Machado and Soto. And yeah, I mean, I'm feeling pretty good going into the series. I think the Dodgers know they got to take care of business and they know that they're playing for a world series. So hopefully it's not like the 2020 brave series where they couldn't get up for the first half of the series. They need a one, three deficit to get the momentum going. Yeah. I'm a, you know, they have, they have a real chance to set themselves up nicely here. Uh, if it is going to be Musgrove in game three, whatever. So it's either going to be Snell Musgrove three and four against Tyler Anderson and then Tony Gonsolin plus committee. So you're in a good spot the first two games. It does get a little murky in games three and four. So if you can definitely win one uh, and sneak two in LA, you're golden. You're golden. But you got to set the tone early in game one. I want Clevenger's pitch count at 20 in the first inning. I just want runs. I don't care about the pitch count. Give me all the runs. Yeah, I'll take four runs and four pitches too. But This was the best statistical team with runners in scoring position in all of major league baseball. They hit 272. That needs to carry over in October. So it sounds like Miguel Vargas is getting a real look over Hans or Alberto for the roster. Yeah. And it makes sense. The Padres don't really have many good lefties. So what's the point of Alberto anyways? I mean, Vargas, the defense is the point. Vargas was looking good in their scrimmage games. He had a three run home run. I just really hope that we don't have to rely on uh, Hans Alberto or Miguel Vargas to come through, because if we're having to rely on them to come through, then Dave Roberts did something wrong or we're just not scoring any runs. Yeah. But at this point you trust your guys, you know, you gotta, you got a one through nine lineup of guys who have produced all season long. I and agree. then Cody Bellinger, who's come alive lately and is, is, is really solid in October. So you trust your guys, like, unless something happened to one of these guys, I'm not making a substitution all game. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm fully with you. So that's why, I mean, I obviously would prefer Alberto if you're giving me the choice, but if Miguel God. makes it, I'm fine with that too, honestly. All right, let's do DS series DS predictions real quick for this one or all of them just the other ones okay so not this one we're all gonna pick the Dodgers what's the point okay fair so Braves Phillies yeah I think I think it's gonna be I think the Braves are gonna sweep oh wow 
I think the, if the Phillies win, they'll win one game, but I think the Braves are going to the NLCS. I'm torn on this one. I really am. Uh, I could see the Braves sweeping, but I'm going to just throw a dart here and say Phillies. I'm taking the Phillies. Oh, you're taking the Phillies. I'm taking the Phillies to beat the Braves. Why? Taking the Phillies in five. I kind of hinted at it weeks ago when I thought it would be the Phillies and Braves in the as a four five, but we get the two six or whatever instead. After what Nola and Wheeler did against the Cardinals, completely neutralizing Arenado and Goldschmidt, who are better than anyone on the Braves, I'm buying their stock. I think the Phillies. I think if this is going to be more a Dodgers good luck path tour where we get the Padres and the I Phillies and we get to coast to the world series. I'm feeling it. That would be so great. But honestly, the Braves have much more firepower than the Cardinals do. Cause they don't just have a gold, a Goldschmidt and Arenado. They have basically top to bottom, just a, a really good lineup. Yeah. I'm it's al- not Paul DeYoung and seven year old Albert worried Spencer Strider won't be healthy. Yeah. That's that's a very good point and a good reason. But I'm I'm picking the Phillies for what I said earlier. I think that division race takes a lot out of a team. I I really do think that's going to be a factor here. Now, for who the Phillies are going to pitch outside of uh, uh, Nola and Wheeler, how they're going to get wins in those games, I don't know. But Bryce Harper is a superstar, so I think him and Schwarber are going to have to carry the load. And also Nick Castellanos. What the heck happened to him? He Jeez. tried to left field. <laughs> how All about right. the American League? Yeah, how about the Yankees and Guardians? I said this one last week. I'm sticking with it. I'm taking the Guardians. I've said it all year. I said it about the Mets. The Mets were frauds, and the Yankees are even bigger frauds. It's Aaron Judge and nothing. Nothing. I think the rest of the Yankees lineup is going to disappear. Did I think you? Garrett Cole is going to choke like he always does in the postseason. Araldis Chapman can't even choke because he missed a practice and they left him off the roster because his, his excuse wasn't good enough. Guardians are going to win this series. The Yankees are frauds. I Did you watch that Cleveland Tampa Bay series? Yes. The, the Guardians have nobody in that lineup just enough jake they do just enough i know and i'm not saying that the yankees won't choke because they do have a tendency to do that and i don't believe in garrett cole i think he's way overrated and i do believe that they're heavily reliant on aaron judge but they do have a lot of other pieces in that lineup and and the cleveland guardians do not the one thing that the guardians have on their side is the fact that they've got two studs at the top of the rotation and Shane Bieber and Tristan McKenzie. Well, don't sleep on the other two either. Cal Quantrill and Zach Plesak are legit starters. And like I know I said, they are. That, I know they are. 15 inning game. That bullpen, Kevin laughed at me last week. That bullpen is the best in baseball, period. That is an elite bullpen. But, you know, they, they have the they have the better pitching. So we'll By see. Far. But I don't I just don't know how they're going to score runs. I think the Yankees win the Severino game and that's it. I'm going to take, I'm going to take Yankees in five. Taking Yankees in three, the guardians can't score. You guys mentioned it already. It was so painful watching that series. You're sleeping on Stanton big time. He has been a historic monster in the postseason. and DJ LeMay, who's been pretty well as well. And yeah, Garrett Cole overpaid overrated, but he's had a better season than Shane Bieber. So the guardians can't hit, he's going to fool them. So 
I'm not amused by that series. And then finally, Astros. Josh Naylor is going to take Garrett Cole deep. I just, Astro, want, to get, I just or, want to get that on tape. Astros and Mariners real quick. I think I have, I mean, this is goes against my better judgment, but I think I'm going to have to ride with the Mariners because I picked them to beat the Blue Jays. I believe they had magic in on their team and they showed that in Toronto at that insane comeback in game two of the wild card series. Um, I know that the Astros are the better team on paper and they should cruise. It should be a sweep or at least a four game uh, win for them. But I, I I'm going with the Mariners in five. Just, I just, I'm just going to believe I'm, 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 I'm tapping in. I'm believing I'm riding with them. Astros in four. Astros in four as well. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of the incline Dodgers podcast, our preview of the Dodgers Padres NLDS first two games. You'll hear from us in a few days with our reaction and preview of the second half of the series. So with that being said, thanks for listening. Subscribe, give us five stars and go Dodgers. Take it home, October, hashtag always LA. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.